This is an EM Pulse Heartbeat with your host, Sarah Medeiros. Welcome back to EM Pulse. Now, if you're a regular listener, you have probably noticed that many of our episodes tackle complex health topics in which social and environmental factors play a large role. These are topics such as substance abuse, unstable housing, human trafficking, firearm violence, among others. So for today's Heartbeat, we're going to go back to an interview we recorded in March at the Western Regional SAEM Conference. If you listen to our wrap-up episodes, you might remember a short segment on social emergency medicine with Dr. Harrison Alter. Dr. Alter is an emergency physician at Highland Hospital in Oakland, California, which is a large urban safety net ED caring for some of Alameda County's most vulnerable people. And he is also the founding director of the Andrew Levitt Center for Social Emergency Medicine. So now let's jump back to March and my extended interview with Dr. Alter. Today, you have been speaking about this concept of social emergency medicine, which is not a particularly new concept, but has been kind of gaining some momentum recently. So can you define that for us and tell us a little bit about what is social emergency medicine? My view of social emergency medicine is the incorporation of social context into the structure and practice of emergency care. And what I mean by that is the 99.99% of a person's life, that they are out there living their life and they're not a patient in the emergency department. How does that lived experience influence their care in the emergency department? So influence the likelihood that they're there in the emergency department, influence what I do about them when they're there in the emergency department, and influence what how they go home or not. And so what we seek to do through the field of social emergency medicine is transform both the structure and the practice of the emergency care system to incorporate social context. Today you were speaking on some recent papers related to social emergency medicine. What were some highlights from your talk today? The first point should be that the quality of the work in social EM is really astonishing, that people are taking this seriously, that the relationship between social drivers to care and the emergency care system is important and demands attention, and that people are endlessly creative about approaching it. We did papers today on the importance of criminal justice contact as a social determinant of health. This is a field that uh, is just so important and so uh, growing. That's really nascent, the research on the relationship between criminal justice contact and emergency care. You can demonstrably prove that the majority of care for mental illness in this country is obtained in the criminal justice system and in the emergency department. And it just shouldn't be that way. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But I'm interested also in, like you said, it kind of crosses this border into social sciences, you know, and I would think this type of research is harder to do. So tell me a little bit more about some of the challenges in social emergency medicine research. That's a great question, uh, because there are many, as you say. So uh, for one, because we're a young field, we tend to rely more on observational research than we do on experimental research. And that's a problem right? Because all we're able to derive from that are associations, and associations are often not persuasive and not definitive. There are a couple of experimental uh, studies in the literature in social EM. One of them came out of our shop, um, and that was a sort of natural experiment 
looking at uh, a help desk for health-related social needs that we started that's now called Health Advocates. And um, at the time that we started it, we only had the resources to staff the desk two days a week. So we looked at social needs and linkage to social needs care among patients who presented on a day that the desk was active and on days that the desk wasn't active. It's a flawed study, uh, but um, we were able to show that at, at three months after contact, that patients who were served by the Help Desk for Health-Related Social Needs were far more likely to have been in contact with a helping agency. And one of the sort of mantras of social emergency medicine is to know, understand, and respect your community partners. We can't do the work in the emergency department. We're busy doing other things, but we can provide a natural marriage to social service agencies that are doing the things that our patients need and that, in fact, are driving our patients to seek care in the emergency department. So contact with a helping agency is actually a very powerful outcome. It sounds like a trivial outcome, but because that's our cath lab, essentially, it's a very important outcome. What other trends are you seeing in social AM research right now? One trend I uh, really appreciate is uh, spatial epidemiology, uh, looking at the geographic distribution of exposures and outcomes uh, to see um, how place matters. So I think it was last year, we did a study by Dan Dworkis and his group uh, looking at the distribution of uh, opioid-related deaths in Boston. And the idea was uh, that um, they would then know how to co-locate publicly available naloxone kits the same way you would have a public access defibrillator uh, in high incidence areas. So it's a great application of spatial epidemiology and social emergency medicine. That actually ties into my next question, which is, what are the direct applications you see of this? How is this implemented in our ERs? Well, the abstract I presented today was a result from a survey in our emergency department. And again, survey methodology is very common in social emergency medicine today. We're just trying to discover the issues, so surveys are useful for that. We uh, had wanted to apply to the county to have a housing specialist located in our emergency department to work alongside our social worker for people with housing needs. But we also felt that the county wouldn't support the idea of, A, having someone come in the daytime and sit on their hands, or B, having to pay somebody to work 11 to 7, when we thought most of our patients with high housing needs were coming in. So we looked at the hourly incidence of housing needs presenting to the emergency department, And we found that the eight-hour period that resulted in the greatest capture of people who are homeless or unstably housed was seven to three, which is, you know, a time period that's, that's favored by employment norms in this country. Right. That's interesting. Anything else that we haven't covered that you think is important? You know, I want to talk a little bit about burnout because I think it's important. Although I may stop calling it burnout, having watched the Z-Dog video. Have you seen this video? I did, yeah. Yeah. So thank you to Twitter. I've seen this video where he uh, reframes the burnout question to being one of moral injury, uh, which is very profound uh, sort of paradigm shift, in, in my opinion. The contribution, in my opinion, that social emergency medicine can make to physician burnout or moral injury is not to be underestimated. At the birth of emergency medicine, the source of burnout was most likely 
repeated exposures to uncertainty and uh, inadequacy. So people who weren't trained in emergency medicine were facing these daily onslaughts of critically ill patients and not knowing if their approach to them was correct or not. I think the average uh, career tenure in emergency medicine in the 70s was three to five years. So we've improved on that enormously with specialty training. Well, what's left? What's left is the half or more of emergency department patients who are driven to the emergency department by social needs. And our inadequacy in the face of that, I think, is a major contributor to this moral injury. If we can provide tools to practicing emergency physicians to cope with housing instability, to cope with hunger, to cope with exposure to violence, uh, to cope with human exploitation, they don't have to actually do that work. They just have to have tools that will allow them to make the appropriate referrals, to make the warm handoff, to access the bedside advocate, to develop the relationship with the community-based organization, tools that will allow them to not just discharge the patient and go home and live with that. And then, you know, again, the feelings that come up when they see them back the next week worse, right? So uh, we had at our consensus conference on social emergency medicine about a year and a half ago, we had a representative from the Association of State Medical Boards because they are freaked out about burnout. The state boards are seeing, you know, massive attrition from their ranks uh, and, you know, critical access areas are going unserved and burnout is a real issue for the specialty. And I think that if, if we can um, make the claim, which we have to do based on evidence, which we're busy accumulating, you know, we'll, we'll be able to uh, really do our part in the burnout realm. I came away from this interview with so much to think about. Social and environmental factors are definitely not new to emergency medicine, but the field of social EM is still young and there is so much to be studied. I also love what Dr. Alter said about how having better tools and systems to address our patients' social needs actually benefits physicians and other providers as well and could be a real key to career satisfaction and wellness. So to learn more about social EM and Dr. Alter's work, check out the links in the show notes. Tell us what social factors have the most impact on your patients and how does this impact you? Share your thoughts with us on social media at Podcast or on our website, ucdavisem.com. And I know we've been a little quiet on social media lately, but we are coming back. If you're enjoying this podcast, please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps more people discover us. And check out the link in the show notes to learn more about the annual Emergency Medicine Update Hot Topics Conference, which is happening November 5th through 9th in Hawaii. Grab some CME between snorkeling sessions. As always, a huge thank you to the UC Davis Department of Emergency Medicine and to Orlando Magana at OM Audio Productions for producing this episode while on vacation. Mm-hmm.